Revelation 4, beginning in verse 5. Now, we saw at the beginning of the chapter what I and many others believe is the rapture of the church. Let me turn over to Revelation 4 in my Bible here. I want to read those first four verses again before we move forward. Uh, beginning verse 1, Revelation 4, After these things, metatauta, I looked and behold a door standing open in heaven. The first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking, that trumpet sounding voice of Christ saying, Come up here and I will show you the things which must take place after this or after these things. So Jesus is calling John up, just like Ezekiel, just like Paul was caught up to the third heaven. Many, many uh, Bible scholars believe that this is indeed the rapture of the church, the trumpet call, the voice of Christ. Immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne set in heaven, one sat on the throne, and he who sat there was like a jasper and so forth. We covered that last week, but I just wanted to reiterate that we believe that these things, he says, after these things, the things of chapters 2 and 3, focusing on the seven churches of Asia Minor, which have an immediate historical application and then a long-term historical application, representing the church in various stages, various ages, down through the last 2,000 years, ending with the lukewarm church, the church of Laodicea. And you might even argue that what has gotten us to the point that we're at in this nation today is the result of Laodicea, lukewarmness in the church. All right, so we pick it up in verse 5. From the throne proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Before the throne, there was a sea of glass like crystal in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in front and back. The first living creature was like a lion, the second living creature like a calf, the third living creature had the face of a man, and the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within. And they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders that we met last week, fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they exist and were created. Let's pray. Father, we pray whatever time we have left, if we have enough time to get through this, so be it. If not, we'll finish it next week. We ask you once again to just give us enlightenment, illumination, understanding as we go through what now becomes a lot of imagery, a lot of symbolism, help us to be able to understand and decipher exactly what it is we're reading. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So from the throne, we see Christ calling John up to heaven. He sees that uh, scene there in the throne room with the 24 elders and so forth that we looked at last week. And from the throne, this is God's throne in heaven, the real deal, the real throne, proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices. And this is a phenomenon which occurs throughout the Scriptures whenever God is present. And, of course, He's present with us now because the Holy Spirit lives in us. But even in the Old Testament, when they were all gathered, the Jews, the Israelites, were gathered there at the foot of Mount Sinai, Exodus 19, 16, it came to pass on the third day in the morning 
that there were thunderings and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain, and the sound of the trumpet was very loud, so that all the people who were in the camp trembled. And so God was there. Remember, Moses went up and met with God on Mount Sinai, and the manifestation of God's presence was this the thunderings, the lightning, thick cloud. So God does manifest himself in what we would call nature, if you will, the natural realm. Luke 17, 24. For as the lightning that flashes out of one part of under heaven shines to the other part under heaven, so also the Son of Man will be in his day. And so, again, we talked about the fact that this is the second coming. The rapture will be a secretive event. It'll be just in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, all the believers will be taken up, disappear. But his second coming, when he comes with the saints to conquer the armies of this world, the armies of the Antichrist, and establish his kingdom, will be very visible as the lightning strikes from the east to the west and so forth. So this is not an unusual thing, that the power of God is manifest in that way. Lightning, thunderings, and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne. And then John goes on to tell us exactly what they are, which are the seven spirits of God, the sevenfold character of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit in His perfect fullness. Remember the number seven represents perfection, completion, fullness. So this is the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 11, 12, and, uh, 11 uh, 2 and 3, The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon Him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding. This is, of course, a messianic prophecy about Jesus Christ. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. So we see all these facets or aspects of the spirit. Wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, fear of the Lord. His delight is in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears. And so this messianic prophecy laying out for us those various facets or aspects of the Holy Spirit. We see it manifested here in the throne room of God in heaven, seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. The number of seven, by the way, occurs 54 times in the book of Revelation. Book of Revelation, the last book of the Bible, the book of completion, the book of fulfillment, where God's plan for the ages will unfold and be made manifest. 54 times. It appears more frequently than any other number in the Bible. It is associated with completion, fulfillment, perfection. Genesis 2.2, Exodus 20.10, Leviticus 14.7, Acts 6.3, if you're taking notes. By the way, as we've already seen in Revelation, there are seven churches. Interesting that God would choose that number. There were more churches at the time that the book of Revelation was written but God, Jesus Christ, singled out those seven churches. Again, the fulfillment of the church down through the ages, up until the end of the church age. We got the seven spirits. We have seven lampstands, seven stars. These are all in chapter 1. Seven seals on the scroll in chapter 5, verse 1. Seven horns and seven eyes of the Lamb, chapter 5, verse 6. Seven angels and seven trumpets, chapter 8, verse 2. Seven thunders, chapter 10, verse 3. Seven heads of the dragon, chapter 12, verse 3. Seven heads of the beast, chapter 13, verse 1. Seven golden bowls, chapter 15, verse 7. And seven kings, chapter 17, verse 10. Very significant number. 
with God the Father seated on the throne and the Holy Spirit represented by the seven lamps. What's happening is Jesus is setting the stage now for the revelation in chapter 5 of Christ himself as the slain lamb, the lamb slain before the foundations of the world. That's what we're leading up to. But let's continue here in chapter 4, verse 6. Before the throne, there was a sea of glass like crystal. Now in Solomon's temple, there was a gigantic sea of bronze used by the priests for washing their hands. 1 Kings 7.23, 2 Chronicles 2.4 and 6. This sea, as it were, was an earthly representation of the massive crystal floor in God's throne room in heaven. We're told in the book of Hebrews, all the things that we see in the temple, Solomon's temple, were images of what actually does exist in heaven. It was also a memorial, by the way, of the miraculous crossing of the Red Sea when Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt. Revelation 15.2, I saw something like a sea of glass mingled with fire, and those who have the victory over the beast, over his image and over his mark and over the number of his name, standing on the sea of glass, having harps of God. So before the throne, there was a sea of glass like crystal, four living creatures full of eyes in front and back. Another translation calls them living ones, four living ones. These are most likely the cherubim, the angelic beings who surround the throne of God and worship Him night and day. Verse 7, the first living creature was like a lion, the second living creature like a calf, the third living creature had a face like a man, and the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. I want to read to you from Ezekiel chapter 1 because Ezekiel had almost the same exact experience. Beginning in verse 4, Ezekiel says, Then I looked, and behold, a whirlwind was coming out of the north, a great cloud with raging fire engulfing itself, and brightness was all around it and radiating out of its midst like the color of amber out of the midst of the fire. Also from within it came the likeness of four living creatures, and this was their appearance. They had the likeness of a man. Each one had four faces, and each one had four wings. Their legs were straight, and the soles of their feet were like the soles of calves' feet. They sparkled like the color of burnished bronze. The hands of a man were under their wings on their four sides, and each of the four had faces and wings. Their wings touched one another. The creatures did not turn when they went, but each one went straight forward. As for the likeness of their faces, each had the face of a man. Each of the four had the face of a lion on the right side. Each of the four had the face of an ox on the left side, and each of the four had the face of an eagle. So it's been noted that these symbolically represent the attributes of God, including his omniscience, omnipresence, that he's all-knowing, he's everywhere, indicated by the creatures being full of eyes, with the four animals being bringing out the attributes of God, the lion indicating majesty and omnipotence, which is all-powerful, the ox, typical of faithful labor and patience, man indicating intelligence, and the eagle, the greatest bird, representing supreme sovereignty. So we're going to be seeing some things when we get to heaven that are going to be rather mind-blowing and mind-boggling. But many see a similarity between the four living ones and the fourfold manner in which Christ is portrayed in the gospel. So there's always layers in the scriptures. We can read the Bible 
And we don't have to be a Bible scholar or a theologian to receive the ministry of the Holy Spirit, to be blessed. God's promised to give us understanding into His Word. But because God is so amazing, so eternal, so omniscient, so omnipotent, omnipresent, there is much depth in His Word that requires study. So we do see here also uh, a similarity between the four living ones and the fourfold manner in which Christ is portrayed in the Gospels. Matthew, Jesus appears as the lion of the tribe of Judah, and this is one of the faces, the face of the lion. In Mark, he is the servant who became the sacrifice for sin. The calf, the ox, was a sacrificial animal under the Old Testament sacrificial system. Hebrews 9.12, Not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. Luke, in Luke's gospel, the emphasis is on Jesus as the Son of Man. And so we have the face of a man. In John, the flying eagle links him with heaven, as John's gospel does. More than any of the other gospels, John has a tremendous emphasis on heaven. Jesus telling us he goes to prepare a place for us, saying that he's the bread from heaven and so forth. And so the eagle flying high in the heavens, just like John's gospel. All right, verse 8, the four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within, and they do not rest day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. So this final section of chapter 4 here is really a great anthem of praise by the four living ones and the 24 elders to God as creator. Again, as we get into chapter 5, verses 11 through 14, the focus of worship is on God as Redeemer, and Christ is our Redeemer. So here we see this, this worship being offered up. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to Him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before Him who sits on the throne and worship Him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne. Remember, the church, the 24 elders are right here. They're now in heaven, casting their crowns, just like the... John's favorite group, I think, Casting Crowns. And so sometimes people th say, uh, well, I know the Bible does talk about heavenly rewards, and I would definitely like to get some, but what's the big deal? I mean, getting to go to heaven is good enough, right? I don't, but here's one of the reasons you might hope to get one or more crowns so that you can cast them at the feet of the Lord, Right? We're not looking to get those crowns so that we can put them up on our mantle there in our little mansion in heaven. Come on in. Oh, um, would you like to see my crowns? <laughs> we get them so we can cast them at the feet of Jesus. So, let's hope and pray we all get at least one, right? Revelation 4.1, After these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven, and the first voice which I heard. I've read all that already. So we'll go on. The elders are in heaven. They're there with the living creatures, worshiping. Verse 11, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. So really, we could say that this is the first great worship service in heaven, right after the saints are caught up in the rapture and are now in the presence of God. Isn't that awesome? And I'm looking forward to being a part of that, aren't you? 
Let's stand. Let's bow our heads. If anybody needs prayer, please raise your hand. I'd like to pray for you this morning. Or for someone near and dear to you, raise your hand. Father God, you see these hands, you know each heart. You know what's going on. It could be a health issue, it could be a financial issue, it could be a relationship issue. And it could even be their own relationship with you, Father, that uh, they realize there needs to be some improvement there that uh, perhaps one of these folks that's raised their hand uh, needs to come back to you, draw near to you. They've been drifting away. We ask you to, to give them strength to resist the enemy. Lord, your word says if we'll draw near to you, resist the devil, he will flee from us. Help us to follow that well-charted out pattern that you've given to us. First of all, draw near to you, Lord. That must be the first priority. And then with your help, with your strength, with the power of the Holy Spirit, we can resist the devil, and then you promise that he'll flee from us. And that's great. We thank you for that. So I pray for each one, Lord, whether it's for health, where healing is needed, that you'd pour out the healing oil of your Holy Spirit upon them or anyone else that they may be raising their hand for this morning whether it's anything and everything from a cold to the COVID virus to cancer, Lord, we ask you to curse these diseases in the name of Jesus. Bring healing to each one. Father, if it's a need for provision, Lord, we know that you work in many different ways to provide for your people, and we pray that you would provide for anyone here today who is struggling in that area of finances, resources. Show yourself strong on their behalf, Lord. And if it's uh, emotional, mental, Lord, you, you said that you came to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free. And so we pray for healing in that area as well of, of anguish, anxiety, stress, worry, fear, doubt. We ask you to curse those things in the name of Jesus and bring clarity of heart and mind to those in need of that today. Lord, we just lift each one of these up to you now. And we just pray for your strength as we go forth from here today that we might stand firm in our faith, stand firm for the truth, and storm the gates of hell in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.